Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Mask will be right back, and so will Venom. Hello, hello. This is Salem Blood. And this voicemail is for Master Mayhem. I just finished listening to episode 8, covering Mask's episode 18 and 19, Bad Vibrations and Ghost Bomb. One thing that kind of pisses me off about uh, shows like Mask and Transformers is that uh, the concept is disguise or illusion. These are organizations that rely heavily on disguising their troops or vehicles from public eye and also from their enemies. Yet, Starscream, even Starscream, can see the Autobots from a mile away and still proclaim, It's the Autobots! And warning all the other, all his fellow comrades of their pending arrival. Just as Miles Mayhem in the Ghost Bomb can see Mask uh, approaching uh, his uh, lounging troops location, at least in Vad Vibrations, Scott Tracker completely missing or not seeing Venom passing by him, that is how it's supposed to work. They're not supposed you know, and when the vehicles are in their civilian modes, the other side is not supposed to know it's them. And yet, it's still in the same episode, Dusty blows it again by recognizing Sly Rex as he goes by. And, in another note, yes, um, the trackers and Dusty are using Gator as a recreational boat. Yeah, what's the, uh, your secret organization's logo on the sides of the boat? And Venom would obviously know what Gator looks like. And yet, there they are in their civilian clothes, no masks. It's obvious that masks are not needed at all to operate these vehicles. Why have them? Why? <laughs> I know it's called masks, so they wear masks. On a side note, during the theme song, uh, upon first hearing it as a child, I always thought that they said the words in the theme song, Tuscan Raiders, not Secret Raiders. I thought they were singing Tuscan Raiders. And from first hearing that, for the very first time, I always associated Mask with the Tuscan Raiders of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I had a... That was a, one of the strange connects, but... Hey, I was so young, okay? And Star Wars put a big impression on me at the time. So, yeah. There we go. Uh, I know I had another point, but the disguise part what, is the point I wanted to convey mostly with this uh, voicemail. You know, why even, you know, use illusion as, as the greatest weapon when you're not even trying to take steps to keep that illusion? Your enemies can see you coming from a mile away in your in the civilian modes. Ay, ay, Anyways, this was Salem Blood. Thank you very much for listening to my voicemail, and I hope to hear more from Masked Mayhem later. Bye-bye. Now back to Mask. Well, thank you, Salem, 
for your latest voicemail. Um, hmm. Who wants to go first here in replying to her? I mean, I don't have a lot to reply. I mean, I like the like the feedback, like getting the interaction there. Um, mm-hmm. We've already talked about the uh, the inconsistency as far as recognizing uh, members of Venoms or Mask, um, and we'll bring that up again in today's episode. So yeah. uh, I'll talk more in depth when we get to that point, I guess, on that issue. But yeah, we've brought up that issue, and it does seem to be an inconsistency in the series that kind of plagues it a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, she, she mentioned Transformers. Well, of course Starscream is going to recognize the Autobots. They've been in a multi-million year war. I mean, that's just... Yeah, the, the illusion, I, I think she misinterpreted something there. She brought up two shows that have illusion as part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Transformers, the illusion is to Towards humans. Yeah. It's towards humans. That's the that's the disguise there. That's the, why they're you know robots in disguise because mm-hmm. humans don't notice, and that's why they you know choose vehicles and and stuff that would blend into the human world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not ever trying to really disguise themselves from Decepticons and Autobots. Like they they know who each other are. They've been going at it like you said for a lot of, long long time. Yeah. You so that's kind of a bad comparison. Yeah, very bad comparison. The only thing I want to bring up is the whole, um, of course, we all as, as kids mishear things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I, as a child, I misheard so many lines in the Transformers movie than what they actually were. But Tusken Raiders, really? That's awesome. <laughs> I think there was, I'm going to have to re-listen to the, the theme song again a couple times and, uh, Maybe next episode I will have some of it because I know there was lines in this that I misheard when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I will have which ones those are next time we talk. And, and <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be as far out there as Tusken Raiders, but I do like the Star Wars connection. So. Yeah. All right, now on with the rest of the show. Optimus Solo, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Mast Mayhem, Episode 9, and with me as always is my Thunderhawk co-pilot, TFG1. Mike, welcome aboard. Hello. And in this episode of Mast Mayhem, we will be giving you our thoughts on Episode 20, Cold Fever, Episode 21, Mardi Gras Mystery, and Episode 22, The Secret of Life. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hey, Mayhem. I want to get out of here. There's polar bears all around. When can we stop melting down this stupid ice? When I'm certain I've trapped enough of the ancient microbes in this canister for a permanent breeding colony. Then the world will have a real need for this life-saving serum Dr. Ortrup developed. You figure to make people sick, then make them pay for the cure? I like it. But I still want to clear First out. First up today is Cold Fever. I'll give you the plot synopsis for Cold Fever. We start off somewhere in Alaska where this weird individual that we're really not sure who he is at this point is uh, basically stumbling around without a shirt on. And he is actually very hot, even though they quote the temperature at being like negative 65 degrees. So there's something weird going on there. Um, mask is investigating what's happening here in Alaska and ends up because uh, of Bruce's interaction with this guy 
that they're both put into quarantine with some weird disease that has uh, origins possibly from the tropics. So Matt assembles the mask team, and as they begin their work and their um, mission to figure out what's going on, Scott and Tiva Bob also set out to help. Mask is attacked, um, and we have a kind of an interesting scenario or sequence where Mask and Venom are basically sh- having a showdown, but the the snow and the ice is playing a role um, because the Venom vehicles are somewhat equipped or rigged for the snow and ice terrain, whereas the mass vehicles are not. Um, this ends up with mass vehicles being stranded on icebergs. Um, Scott and T-Bob also are lost in the Alaskan wilderness, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Then the mass vehicles use a basically pulley and train system to get free from being just kind of floating around on random icebergs. Venom finally reveals the ultimate plan for this episode, kind of the the main plot point here, which is they plan to make people sick and then use this cure that they're the only ones that has the cure, and they'll use it as a ransom. So it is still kind of a ransom, but just a different style than we've seen before. Um, Scott and T-Bob being lost, they do end up getting captured later on, but in the end, obviously, Mask comes up triumphant did you have any more notes about maybe the end of the episode or or the plot overall on this one well now that i've because normally i don't obviously until we record i don't see your script notes of your your plot synopsis uh and when you're you pointed out about you know ransoming of you know a cure to a virus that they created the first thing i can think of just reading that line is, oh, hey, you need Chimera in order to peddle Bellerophon. I think of Mission Impossible 2, because it's the exact same plot in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, my notes for the plot, Alaska, yay, because they actually tell you where they are. <clears throat> and at least we're somewhat in the U.S. Um, this wasn't, the reason why I have my next note in the, in the plot is because it isn't really a high beam or a low beam, it was just something I noticed. Uh Whoa, what the hell? No scenes of where the mask agents are during the assembly. It's just the digital images. Yeah, they skipped that. Also, along with the assembly, um, Matt did ask for the computer to assemble a team best suited for Alaska. Um, And he also mentioned that Bruce Sato was unavailable. So he informed the computer that you can't choose Bruce. Right, yeah. Obviously, Matt knew he was in quarantine. Right, yeah. Um, The other thing I had was uh, really quickly, sorry. No, go ahead. (laughs) why does now throughout the the past nine episodes of the podcast throughout the past nineteen episodes of the show, Scott always says t Bob is not human, okay he's a robot, he's not human, he has no emotions he's he shouldn't be dressing in drag, he's not a human. then why does mayhem call t Bob a boy in in part of the episode when Scott and t Bob show up at the hangar? Uh, Mayhem points to T-Bob and says, catch that boy. I just... Uh, what? Anyway. I thought it was referring to Scott. No, he wasn't. He pointed right at T-Bob. Uh, and my that. final note on the plot was, and I guess Venom doesn't know who Mask is if he obviously doesn't know who Scott is. That'll come up again. Um, <laughs> what else for this, you- well, just a real quick mention that the uh, the members involved in this episode for the Venom, we have Sly, Cliff, and Miles just the three of them. And for mask, we have a four man team. Obviously Bruce is in quarantine. So he is seen. Um, and this is basically the first time we've seen a mask agent in the episode that is not part of the the team. Right. So to speak that that's on the mission. Um, this mission, we have Matt, Hondo, Alex and dusty. So the four of them, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of like the plot. I like the idea of, of, uh, venom infecting people, and ransoming off a cure, um, it's a little tiny bit different than what we've seen before, so I, I appreciate that. Um, so as far as the plot goes, I'm okay with this one. Wee, would you look at the tires on that dude? Gives him rather an unfair advantage, I'd say. I can't aim properly. Can you keep it steady? I'm not sure I can keep it in Alaska. 
So turning on the high beams for episode 20, I'll start us out here. I think some of the, the best parts of this episode to me involve the vehicles. Um, I know that happens you know, more often than not, but yeah. I really like to see the vehicles now in different environments. That's kind of cool. Instead of just seeing them, you know, out on the open road or on streets or whatever, we're seeing them on ice and snow. Um, we get to see different modifications that are being made to try to combat the elements. And I also thought the animation on the actual vehicles in these scenes was done really well. Um, for example, like when the Thunderhawk is basically like frozen up, I thought they did a good job of, of making it look like that. Yeah. And even when they un, you know, kind of when they thawed it out with the blast, that was well done. So a lot of good stuff with the vehicles in this episode. Um, I thought it was funny when T Bob was building the igloo. I I just thought that was kind of a, a decent. See, that's the that's the right way to use T Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're very inconsistent with how they use T Bob, and sometimes it's just like all a bunch of one liners and and you know cheesy lines. Sometimes it's no comedy comedic elements whatsoever and then sometimes you have it like this where they just kind of have the right mixture um right. So, so i like that he was building the igloo that was kind of funny i actually like scott and t-bob um i wrote down this note that i said "Ooh, they're actually decent in this episode i want to now qualify that though um after i finished watching the entire episode that scott and t-bob are decent in this episode for two-thirds of it mm. or for three-fourths of it they, i thought they were well used for the first three-fourths of the episode, and we'll get to the other part after this. Um, and I love the plan, like I said, by Venom and the, and the plot in this episode. For me, that was a part of the high beams for this episode. So what about you? What did you like about episode 20? <clears throat> now, it has become known on, on GeekCastRadio.com that some people are in my camp that absolutely hate T-Bob, and some people that are in your camp who agree in that they, they, they like T-Bob. Now, now this is me not changing my overall opinion of him, but this is me kind of understanding, okay? Uh, in the beginning, he's... Compl- I just had a minor heart attack. No, shut up. <laughs> in the beginning, he's complaining of the cold. <laughs> now, I, can, I can buy that simply because m- when machines freeze and, and when they freeze up, they're more difficult to operate. So I can buy a robot freezing up and, and having problems with moving his limbs. Good point. Um, uh, you already mentioned about Bruce being unavailable. Uh, now I don't know if you noticed this, maybe you should go back and do it and go back and watch it. But I noticed something, something that really threw me off about the assembly and like the meeting, uh, is that apparently in 1985, they had flat panel, big screen TVs. I'm not talking about a, you know, a late 80s, early 90s model of a big giant floor model of a TV. This was a wall-mounted flat panel television on the wall that Matt was on telling them the mission. Hmm. I'll go back and I'll screen cap it for you so you can see it, but uh, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, wait a second, since when did the 21st century happen in 1985? Right. Um... Uh, the train mask, I thought that was kind of a genius way of getting out of that situation. I thought yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, wow, Scott does have a brain. <laughs> Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> the bear attacks T-Bob and he uses go-go gadget arms. <laughs> he did do that. We did have lots of polar bear attacks. Yeah. Uh, Mayhem is a utter coward. T-Bob grabs the vial from his neck, and he doesn't even try to fight the little robot off. Really? So it's a high beam? Uh, well, no, it's... <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm confused all the hell, because, you know, Mayhem, regardless if he's just a visual... You know, not visual. Um, regardless if visually he's a... A evil businessman. I'm sorry if someone, you know, tried to grab something off my neck, I would fight them off. He didn't know what Tiva was going to do. He he, he thought he might be like wrapping his go-go gator arms justifying around his neck. <laughs> um, fire message. Good. <laughs> I'm lost. The PSA. Oh, gotcha. Yes, don't play with matches. <laughs> so uh, that's all I got for I beams. All right. Actually, T-Bob did it all. He wrecked Venom's dome and saved the serum. 
Oh, any hero would have done it. Well, it's a good thing you did. We'd hate to lose old Bruce here. All right, looks like the high beams are freezing up a little bit, so we better turn down to the low beams. See, I'm trying to be T-Bob here. Um, <laughs> so I'm Failing low, miserably. The low beams for episode 20 for me. Um, I know we talked about the little, like, uh, hooking up and getting the vehicles out of the, like, glacier-type things, icebergs. Right. But right before that, where each individual vehicle was on their own individual uh, little iceberg, they each member jumps out, or one member per vehicle jumps out and is like trying to brace the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, that was a terrible scene. It was. There's no way in hell that any of those humans are going to be able to brace the, those vehicles. From and the sounds were off. The, yeah. the, the animation was off. It was just a bad scene altogether. Um, yeah. I, I question Matt referring to uh, an unnamed character as the Eskimo man. <laughs> really? Is that like politically correct? I don't even know. Like, do they like to be called Eskimo man? I, I don't know. It just seemed off. It was like weird to me that they called him that. Um, <laughs> I thought it was um, kind of unfortunate at the end that they decided to use the whole scene with Miles uh, running smack dab into T-Bob. Basically, you know, Matt's on the one side and Miles goes to run and he runs into T-Bob and that's basically how he gets his plan gets foiled. Yeah. Like, I thought, T this is what my point was before, I thought T-Bob and Scott were used excellently in this episode except for right here at the end. I, I just thought it was too, like I've said a bunch of times early on, it was too easy of a way to be like, oh, he's foiled because he turned around and ran into a robot. Yeah. Like, and like, then, like you said... And see, that goes to my point earlier about when I said in the high beam that he... Why is he a coward? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like... He turns around, runs into the robot, gets the thing taken from him, and T-Bob is the hero. And I really did not like how they played up the fact that apparently T-Bob was the hero that did everything in this episode. No, Which is I, so not true. Because I like how he did, you know, I, like I said, I liked how T-Bob and Scott were used, but for them to then, in a, especially in a kid's show, to single somebody out as, ooh, this guy gets all the glory and this guy is the hero, blah, 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 when it was a complete team effort. Like, yeah. That mask agents were doing stuff, Scott was doing stuff, T-Bob was doing stuff. Like, it, it just seems to me to be a bad message to send to kids that, like, T-Bob was the hero in this. Yeah, he didn't do anything more than anybody else except for I guess ran into Miles at the end, um, and then that was a strange wink by Scott at the end there. He like they were talking to him and T Bob or something, and he like did a wink, and then he just held it for like twenty seconds. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird animation on that part. So those were my low beams for episode twenty. How about you? I only have two actually. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh. This is me quoting. Dad says those Venom guys are up to something. Why? Why the fuck is Matt telling Scott anything about Venom? Okay, grant, okay, granted, Scott would sneak off and find out anyway. But still, this is not a decent way to protect... Matt's father skills go from really great to complete and utter shit. Every other... It depends on the situation, but every other episode, it's like, he's so wishy-washy as a father. I'm sorry. No, he is. I agree. It's it's like, he, he has he has Scott way too involved in this. Oh god. Um and then my my second one it's it's kind of silly. I thought it was funny because it's playing off of the whole environmental thing of where where they are located in the episode but Thunderhawk defeated by snow. Wow. <laughs> Cuz Miles drops snow bombs out of Switchblade and I'm like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was maybe the only part about everything else in the snow environment I kind of liked. Yeah. Um, there was just a few little things, tiny things, but overall I thought they did a well, good job with the ice and the snow, but you're right. Um, the only other thing I might mention is is some of the snowballs that were created as T-Bob was like rolling down hills and stuff like that. Um, some of them I didn't mind, but it, I, they used it like two or three times. Yeah. And then there was that big giant one. It yeah. was like... Okay, that like that wasn't obvious. Of course, that's going to happen. <laughs> I just think that if they would have only used it once, it would have been a little better. Here, let me see. Not gas, Scott. It looks more like a very powerful new fuel. That cart was doing at least a hundred. 
But what burned the seat? Is it analysis complete? Burning agent, acid compound, 15% carbolic acid, 9% neutral dioxide, remainder hydrogen suspension, only known user, Miles Mayhem. Venom. We knew Venom was operating in New Orleans, now we know what they're after. That fuel would make Venom unstoppable. All right, moving on to the Mardi Gras mystery and the plot for episode 21. We start off with Matt and Scott at Mardi Gras, all in their costumes and dressed up and whatnot. Uh, Venom shows up and basically is trying to uh, kidnap a girl named Becky as well as her grandpa, um, trying to get a hold of them. We'll find out why later. Um, the car or cart seems to be that is involved in this gets burned by some type of acid mixture, um, and they're trying to figure out what exactly caused it to, to basically disintegrate like it did. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to figure out the plot point of this episode, which is Venom has this super fuel concoction that they are using that allows them to go rather fast. Um, there's a whole like little sequence with Slyrax having this like backdoor uh, negotiation meeting uh, where he's kind of selling off this super fuel concoction. It's almost like a mobster scene. Yeah, um, very cool. much so. And uh, Buddy is there in disguise until his uh, cover is blown when he tries to rescue Professor Daly, who's also being held captive by Venom. Um, so he gets discovered and kind of locked up in a closet. Scott and T-Bob are trying to find Matt after they see Venom with Professor Daly drive by them. Um, Scott sees that, and he decides that they need to locate Matt and let him know. Uh, as they're doing that, they run into Becky on a random trail out walking. Um, we'll get to that later. All three of them get caught in quicksand until T-Bob uses his go-go gadget arms to get out again. <laughs> and then Scott ignores the girl's advice because she's just a girl and uh, heads into Alligator Alley, quickly decides that's a bad idea. Um, we then go back to see Buddy locked in the closet again. Um, Venom is also making a deal with both Becky's grandpa and Professor Daly. Uh, well, basically with the grandpa to save Professor Daly. And then he will give up the location of the fire tree sap that he's using to concoct this fuel. Um, Scott and Becky are already at the cabin when Venom shows up. Venom comes in as the kids hide in the chest and Venom starts packing up all the stuff. Then Mass shows up, so we have everybody at the same location here towards the end. There's a little sh- quick showdown between Vanessa and Matt where they kind of... Um, it's, it was kind of an interesting one because Vanessa uses her mask on Matt and Matt uses his mask on Vanessa. It's just a real quick showdown. Um, and then Scott fills the Venom cars with the bad part of the fuel concoction, which makes them go way too fast that they can't even control it. And they go... Kind of flailing off into the distance as the episode ends, um, with one small little thing there where, where Scott also fills T Bob with some of the bad uh, sap as well. So that was the basically the plot summary for episode 21. Agents involved in this one we have Matt, Dusty, and Buddy. We have Miles, Cliff, Sly, and Vanessa. So for once, more Venom agents than Mask agents. Right. What are your uh, thoughts? Let me ask you between, uh, let me ask you a couple questions here. Between episode eight and this episode, have you now noticed Manta, Vanessa's car? Yeah. Okay. I just yep. want to make sure. <laughs> um, I like it. Uh, welcome to MGM Studios. <laughs> the only reason why I say that is because Marty Gras mystery. You're an idiot. Oh, God. Well, at least we know where they are because of the whole Mardi Gras thing. You can't have Mardi Gras except in New Orleans. Two episodes in a row in the U.S., yeah, there you go. Hey, um, uh, as, uh, just real quickly, as far as like the plot goes here, um, it's not terrible. Um, it's something new that we haven't seen. Instead of, you know, some type of ultimate weapon type thing, it's more like a, a fuel, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind of along the same lines, but a little bit different of a twist. The whole Mardi Gras thing. <sighs> I, that there, was just dumb. There, well, there really wasn't any need for it. There was no connection between Mardi Gras too much and the actual plot of this episode, besides at the beginning when they're in costumes. Like, there doesn't... I don't see the point of that. Um, it seemed like a disconnect for me for that. And the plot is just jumping all over the place for me in this one. You have, mm-hmm. you have like, the little negotiation monster-type sequence going on. You have, the, you know... 
kidnapping of multiple people. Um, then you have Scott and the girl off on their thing. I know it all connects in the end, and they all show up at the cabin together. Um, yeah. And I don't mind that part. That part's kind of cool. But to me, the plot's just a little bit, I don't know, all disconnected for me. I don't know about you. It's its very disconnected. Um, Robin Hood, Matt in tights. It was. Oh, it was. God. That was one of the worst. It's one of the worst costumes I've ever seen. And then <laughs> Scott and T Bob is, is, oh God, just no. Um, now, was this the first time that Mayhem has driven uh, Jackhammer? First that I've recalled. First time I've noticed it. I mean, if he's done it before, I haven't noticed. Yeah, that's really all the the plot for this one was. It was all right. I, I enjoyed it. There were a couple of moments that it was like, really? Ugh. But like I said, overall, I, I did enjoy it. To me, the main problem with, is the title of the Mardi Gras mystery, and, and that really didn't have that much to do with it. Not at all. All right, wise guy. Who sent you? Louis sent me. Funny thing that I'm Louis, and I didn't send you. Turning on the high beams for episode 21, I'll go first just because I don't have very many for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um... I love the whole sequence with Sly and the backdoor mob-style negotiation meeting, whatever you want to call that. I thought that was well done. Um, and when Buddy's cover is blown, I just thought that whole sequence was, was to, to me, the highlight of that whole episode. Um, I like the idea of Superfuel. I think it's, I mean, it's not like a spectacular great idea, but I, I'll run with it for a show like this that's revolving around vehicles. The idea of some type of Superfuel fits it. Um, so I have no problem with that. And I kind of liked that they filled T-Bob with a little bit of it at the end and watched him go crazy. Um, <laughs> that's about the only stuff I liked about this episode. <laughs> you didn't like the pizza thrower? That was all right. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Um, what I really loved about this episode, now we, we, we've mentioned this before, but it seems like this episode, the backgrounds and the animation, it was very different than everything else we've seen to this point. I mean, it just... I don't know, a few times when they were in um, Alligator Alley or whatever the hell it was, I, the the jungle coloring and the jung, just the whole feel of that, I thought that was really crisp and really, really very different and just kind of popped out their animation. Um, that was a nice backflip, Matt. <laughs> since, since when is he an acrobatist? He's everything. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a point. I, I don't remember when this happened after the backflip, but um, when Venom goes for the showdown, I think my, <laughs> for some strange reason, I, I thought of Thundercats, but instead of Thundercats, Venom is on the move. Venom is loose. <laughs> <laughs> just the way that it was animated, and just the way that it just, it just looked really, really weird. Um, T Bob the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment where he reminded me of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's all I got. Someone help him, please. Help me, mister. Calm down. Now tell me slowly. Those bad men are after my grandpa. That was your grandfather driving the cart. Uh-huh. Hey! All right, for the low beams for episode 21, um, you know, some of the conversation that we have going on over at GeekCast Radio Network on the individual episode post, uh, one of our members there brought up the fact that Dusty's voice in one of the previous episodes was maybe one of the worst examples of voice acting in this entire series. Um, I think that was before maybe he saw episode 21, because in a series plagued by terrible voice acting, we got an example of, to me, so far, what has been the absolute worst character voicing in the entire series up to this point, and that was Becky. Yeah, her voice was so grating. It just that was it, not a girl's voice. Not at all. You can it, tell it was like a. You could tell it was an adult trying to do a girl's voice. It was a terrible accent that they were trying to use to, try, I guess, try to make her sound like she was from New Orleans or make her sound like she was had like some French descendants or something. I don't know what they were doing with that voice, but it was awful. Yeah. Um, And obviously you just got to hear a a clip of it before we started talking. So you know how bad it was. So may, he might have a change in his opinion on, on the worst voicing so far that we've seen. 
Now, getting back to what we brought up in the last episode discussion and when we were talking about cold fever, there's a point here where a Venom vehicle goes right by, well, Matt, um, in the beginning, when they're in, all in costume, right. uh, Sly drives up, Sly and Cliff drive up in one of the Venom vehicles, and Matt does not recognize the vehicle. I can buy that he doesn't recognize the two of them, even though they aren't super great disguises. But, okay, they're in disguises, so maybe he doesn't recognize them. But that is clearly one of Venom's vehicles that they just drove in on. Yeah. How does Matt not recognize that? But later on in the episode, when, um, what was it, Jackhammer drove by with the professor in it? Yep. Scott recognizes it. Yep. So how can Matt not recognize vehicles, but Scott can? Like, this just goes back to this inconsistency of, of who knows what about each organization. Yeah. Like, if Matt can't recognize... The, the vehicle right there, then Scott should not be recognizing that vehicle. Yeah, uh, I agree. Especially when the when um, Jackhammer is a would be a much more common vehicle that you could you know it could be just anybody driving a vehicle that somewhat looks like that. Yeah, where it, it reminds me. I'm sorry to interrupt. It reminds me uh, of a. 80s uh, Chevy Blazer that my aunt and uncle used to have. I mean, Jackhammer right. is the most you know, recognizable vehicle out of Venom's arsenal. Compared to Sly's vehicle, which is much more unique. Yeah. And that's why Matt should have been the one that recognized it, and Scott maybe shouldn't have. You know, I could see him seeing one of the people, like maybe he sees the the chick in there, but to recognize the vehicle just wasn't right to me. And nitpicky here, I don't... A lot of people probably don't have a problem with this because a lot of people make the same mistake. But in the PSA, I, I don't usually bring these up early, but I, I am in this one. There, The PSA is about knowing your emergency numbers. Yes. Or, you know, if you don't know the emergency numbers, and here's my problem. Scott says, you can all, if you don't know your numbers, you can dial O. Yeah. Really? This is the PSA. This is the part that's supposed to be the educational part of the episode. It's zero. It's not the letter O. See, that's not even my issue with it. My issue with this episode's PSA, dial O for operator. Uh, what about 911? That was before 911 was popularized. I don't know. Uh. I don't know. But I hate that. It, there's no such number as O. It's zero. It's just a pet peeve of mine. So I didn't like that. What did you not like about this episode? Well, I already got the PSA crap out of the way. I only have three other notes. Um, Let me preface this first one by saying, yes, I know it's the 80s. Yes, I know every single 80s cartoon had animation flubs in it. However, quicksand that looks like water. I was very confused as to what they were in. Huh? I was very confused as to what they were in until all of a sudden too, because they're it like, looks like a, it looks it looks blue it looks like it's a, a, la- a like a small lake or a pond it doesn't look then, like sand and then he goes I can't move and I'm like why the fuck can't they move <laughs> and then she's like stop struggling you'll go you'll sink quicker I'm like they're in quicksand yeah that's the I was yeah <laughs> I was like so confused you already mentioned that Scott is being sexist in this episode, so there's that. Oh yeah, I love I love the fact that he's like, we don't have to listen to her. She's just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved at the end uh, when Venom gets away. Yeah. Now, over the years, we've seen multiple cartoons and television shows with people hanging off of helicopters. You know, holding on to the to to the rung of the helicopter. You know, Knight Rider did it all the time. Airwolf, A-Team, Walker, Texas. All, all, all these television shows over the years have had heroes or villains escaping while holding on to a rung of a helicopter. But I'm sorry, Rax. You're supposed to ride inside them, not, you know, essentially hug the leg. And it wasn't like they were taken off and he just had to grab the leg and hold on. He yeah, like his whole body is wrapped around it. He did, he know, but he had plenty of time and instead he decides I'm going to walk up and just wrap around this leg even though I probably could have crawled into the actual helicopter. I mean, I don't know how much room's in there, but <laughs> he it wasn't like he was that rushed for time. 
so that was kind of weird. And he definitely would not have been able to hold on while that co- the um, vehicle was going that out of control. Yeah. Oh no, I so I so totally agree with that. Because uh, that that was just I was like, why is that like that? That's so weird. Yeah, that's all I got for low memes. Looks like you've made a lot of progress, Professor. Well, we've located plenty of artifacts, but we still can't find Tutafon's tomb. Tutifon? And I thought I had a weird name. Uh, who, who is he? Oh, uh, he's some guy who lived a long time ago. He was supposed to be real wise. Oh, a wise guy, eh? And finally up today, we discovered the secret of life. So, the plot for episode 22 goes something like this. We are in an Egyptian setting, so we're finally... uh, We can't seem to go an episode without leaving the U.S. at some point. So, we're in an Egyptian setting with professors who are looking for the secret of life. Um, Meanwhile, this mummy appears to be a mummy, comes to life and steals uh, the artifact that that they were looking at. Mac goes, or is brought in to investigate the incident. He was going to be in the area anyways, talking things over with the professors, because he's probably funding this whole thing anyway. Um, so he goes to investigate. They discover a Venom connection. He assembles the team. We then learn that there was no mummy that came to life, that that was Sly being Sly once again. Yeah, you saw that. You can see what I did there. Venom then makes a deal with this guy named Abdul, uh, to decipher some hieroglyphics. there It's basically the whole episode is both Venom and Mass trying to locate uh, and uncover clues to find the location of this tomb so that they can discover the secret of life. Um, we did have a random Venom flyover again in this episode. Yeah. Right after Venom makes a deal with Abdul to decipher the hieroglyphics, the, the Venom plane flies over. And there's really no explanation for that because then we immediately go. Mass plane? No, it was a venom. Oh, was that the mass plane? Was that their jet? Are you talking about switchblade or are you talking about the transport jet? I'm not sure if it was the transport jet or or switchblade, but it just randomly flies over. Oh. And they never say anything that doesn't show where it goes. They don't talk about it. Oh, maybe one of the listeners can point <laughs> to us. <laughs> but then, then we find a Mask and the Professor going over clues to the tomb location. Uh, Venom kind of ditches and backstabs Abdul, leaves him in the, um, I guess, in, yeah, in the dust there. Miles shoots the pyramid then that they're next to to try to basically cause a diversion for or something that Mask has to deal with while they can do whatever they need to do. Uh, lifters used to save the people that were in danger from the pyramid and the blast that hit it. Then we have Mask and Venom continuously trying to find the location of the tomb. Meanwhile, Scott and T-Bob, who are at the dig site, uh, basically fall down a pathway into a tunnel, and they discover the location of the tomb. But while they're in there, they run into Venom. Venom finds the golden scarab, and we have a showdown between Mask and Venom. Mask gets it back, and we discover that the secret of life is love. Yeah. All right. As far as the teams go, first of all, there was no ending to the team assembly here. <laughs> it, it it selects the team members, and then we just move on with the show. Right. There was no closure to that. But we have Matt, Bruce, and Alex, just the three of them. And for once, the team of Miles, Vanessa, and Sly with no cliff. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like... I'll have to re- look back, but I, I think this is the first time we've ever had this trio. I think so, yeah. And one of the first times that Cliff has not been in an episode. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on the plot of this Egyptian Secret of Life stuff? Well, I'll say one thing for the episode. When does the Mystery Ink Gang show up? Because, hmm. like, the whole mummy thing, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, well, clearly it's going to turn out to be one of the Venom members. But that whole scene, I was like, this is like right out of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I wasn't sure at first. I actually was a little bit surprised when it was Sly because at first I thought there was some type of weird connection with some like ancient mummy. I thought we were going to kind of go that route with it and kind of the supernatural, but we didn't. I guess we've never done that, so why would we do that? But uh, yeah, I wasn't convinced it was going to be a member of Venom until I saw Sly. Yeah. Um, sadly, I think this is my favorite episode out of today. I I, I don't dislike the whole Egyptian setting. 
I, I don't dislike the fact that we're on these different dig sites and we're dealing with tombs and artifacts. Like I said, I'm a big fan of that type of stuff, Indiana Jones, MacGyver type, uh, you know, adv- adventure type thing here with clues and locations and secret stuff and all that. Like, I have no problem with that part of it. Um, so as far as like a plot setup, I'm fine with that. Um, if we're just talking about plots, I actually like the first plot that we talked about today the best. Yeah. With virus and everything, but but there's nothing necessarily wrong with this plot. I don't have a big problem with it. Ah, Quick to the vehicles. Lift up on. Stop it. Put it down. For the hype memes for episode 22, I didn't have like huge major things that jumped out at me about this episode that like major things that I loved. I had a bunch of little smaller detail things that I kind of appreciated. First of all, I'll pull a, I'll pull a mic here and talk about the uh, assembly team or assembly scenes when uh, Alex's sequences came up and throws the fish and the cat gets it. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, the, I thought the mummy part was well done. I thought him coming out of the tomb was well animated and stealing the artifact and the fact that it was sly. I, I liked that whole part of the episode. Um, and then, like I said, a couple of little minor things. I liked when Lifter was used on Switchblade. I yeah. That was kind of funny when Miles is right about to get in it and lift, he, Bruce just uses Lifter and it's like, nope, you can't get in your helicopter. It's moving over here. Flip <laughs> it on its side. <laughs> And then another little thing I liked when Matt's walking up to um, Vanessa, Vanessa's vehicle, and she uses the little gas or whatever to put Matt to sleep. I yeah. thought that was kind of clever. Um, so those were like just some minor things I liked about the episode. What about you? Um, I don't remember if I made this note in a previous episode or not. I think it's I think it's this one. We've seen several different times where Bruce's tinkering with toys mm-hmm. um and his toy demonstration in this one i was like so wait does bruce work for kenner hmm. <laughs> uh you know you just mentioned it but my note was alex seal training <laughs> and then nice catch catfish <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah, i thought that was clever uh, is it just me or does the animation on t-bob in the pyramid scenes Seem more defined. He he looked different in this episode. He looked very like. It, so does Miles. Yeah, I mean, Chi Bob. He doesn't. It doesn't look like. Okay, it's not like um, it's not like Transformers where some scenes will be miscolored and you'll have Skywarp looking like you know in Starscream color. You know, you'll have two of the Seekers be the same color scheme versus the three individual schemes. Um, so it it wasn't something like that. It just seemed like. His lines and his just his overall design was more defined in this episode and in those scenes. Yeah, I thought him and Miles definitely looked different this episode than they normally do. Yeah, um, Matt buzzed Miles. I mean, essentially, he could have killed the dude. But I in the epi- in the um, in in the episode post, I've got pictures in there. Picture one shows Miles standing there with Thunderhawk coming up behind him. The aftermath of the picture is Miles barely ducking as the ass end of Thunderhawk is nearly touching his head. Hmm. So Matt could have killed his enemy right there. Should have. <laughs> Sly could have gone in control, or Vanessa. Is is it just me, or... I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed that as the mask vehicles arrive one by one, it seems like the animation on them is sped up. Kind of like an, an, an anime feel. Kind of like hmm. that. It it doesn't have the lines like you hate in, in in Transformers animated, but it 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 just seemed like, you know, one second there was nothing there, the next second, Rhino is there and parked. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just seemed weird to me. I, I liked. That. I thought it was good. I thought I thought it was good. I it just seemed a little strange. Um, and then the final note I have is, uh, Rhino ran them off the road, and Mayhem drops the scarab as Lifter picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just I what, what what I love it's not really that cuz I I know I know you hate that. But what I love about it is just the scene of the, all the vehicles and Rhino come just the way it was it was 
this animated, the way it was shown, it was so freaking cool. This was a warranted drop, though. Oh yeah, I mean he's jumping from from yeah. uh, from. Um, oh god, listeners are gonna kill me. The, uh, he's jumping from Rax's vehicle into Manta. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was a legit like he's like falling. He can drop something. It wasn't like he just had his he's dangling his arm out the window or something like that. Um, Those are yeah. the problems I have though. What are you doing here? Well, I, uh, we're, uh, lost. That's it. We fell down a hole just like Alice in Wonderland. Now we're looking for uh, an elevator. Get out of our way. All right, my first low beam for episode 22, The Secret of Life. Um, Apparently Miles and Venom as a whole have amnesia because... This is the second time in the episodes we're talking about today that they have come across and been face-to-face with T-Rob and Scott. Yeah. So they should freaking know who they are. <laughs> Good lord. You just saw them in cold fever. They fucking... You ran into T-Bob. That's how your plot was foiled in episode 20. You just ran into T-Bob and Scott again. You're not that dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. The inconsistency of who can recognize who and what vehicle and what person is driving me nuts. Um, how could Matt and Scott hear each other when Matt was in the Thunderhawk flying above Scott? Uh, there was a there was a point where Scott just like acts like he's talking to Matt when he's in the next room. Matt is in Thunderhawk, who's going to have engines going, who is flying above Scott. Yeah. How could he? And they they have a conversation together. Uh, like that doesn't work. Um, I don't think I quite. Maybe one of our listeners can help us out, or a fan, or somebody. I'm sure somebody has a scientific reasoning for this, or, or why it's possible. I don't quite understand the magnet use that took Vanessa down. Yeah. I don't get what what is it magnetizing to the magnetic core of the Earth because that would be a strong freaking magnet. Yeah, it would be. I don't understand what what magnet or was it just because it was on the vehicle? Was it making its flight uh, ability impossible, so it just went down because it couldn't keep flying? I don't quite understand the magnet use, and someone needs to explain it to me. Um, and then finally, I don't understand. You know, they they do their little thing at the end, and this is common for a lot of cartoons, especially in the '80s, that you make some type of joke at the end. Yeah. Um, they didn't really make a joke at the end. But everybody was laughing, and I didn't understand why the ending was funny. Yeah, I just chalk it up to all the bad missed moments in this episode. Not not this episode, this series. Like, like the secret of life being love to me isn't. I wouldn't be laughing like, oh, that's hilarious. I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what we were, what the hell? Like, that wasn't funny. That was depressing and anticlimactic. <laughs> what about you? What's your low beams for this episode? Um, I only have two, and they're really just, like, itty-bitty notes. I, like, like I said before, this isn't, like, I don't think I have an overall, like, best episode this week, but this was easily one of the better ones out of the three. But uh, what the hell is a goop bomb? Yeah, that's a good question. That was kind of weird uh and trash bin is no playground don't go dumpster diving kids no dumpster diving you might dive into some rats or knives what oh god yeah man this is you know this is before modern reality television they would have never said that (laughs) (laughs) what else did you have that's it all right, so not too many low things, but again, can we stop with the not being able to recognize each other? It's getting old. Please, yes, it's getting very old. So I think it's time for commercial break, and we will be back with our overall thoughts on the episodes, our mask ratings, and our final thoughts. Stay tuned. Mask will return. You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. 
and when you download Stitcher to hear GeekCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy, just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter GeekCast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code KeyCast Radio when you register. Hey, listeners. Animation aficionados will be recording a Slayers episode in late August or early September. Between now and then, we want you to send us a recording of yourself doing the Naga laugh. The most outrageous laugh or laughs will be played on the show. Send an MP3 of yourself to neil at animationaficionados.com. Are you ready for more? Let's go. All right, before we get into our individual episode thoughts and ratings real quick, our PSAs, like we mentioned, the first one was Don't Play With Matches. Our second one was Know Your Emergency Numbers or Dial O. And our third one was basically Don't Go Dumpster Diving. Did you have a favorite PSA? Um, not really. I kind of like the, the the Matches one just because he lit himself on fire. <laughs> um, so that was all right. I, I now, didn't like the emergency number one at all. Yeah, you know, besides my nine one one thing, I will say that I do remember as a kid knowing to dial zero, but everyone called it dial O for operator. I do remember that as a kid. Idiots. Uh, I, no, I understand. I I, I I see where you're coming from, but uh, and the dumpster diving one, that that's it's not as bad as, ooh, you might be picked up by a, a, a rapist. How many kids as... though do you have to warn not to go dumpster diving? Yeah, really. Is that something kids do around other parts of the world? I've never had a, any of my friends or myself say, "Hey, there's a dumpster. Let's dive in it." No, we didn't even want to be near the dumpster. They smelled like crap. Yeah. Like, I didn't never want, I never had the desire to jump into a dumpster. Nope. So that was kind of crazy. Um, anyways, into our overall thoughts on the individual episodes um, before we get our ratings real quick. I, there wasn't like a god-awful episode in our episode today. Yeah. I will say, for me, the weakest one was uh, episode 21, the Mardi Gras mystery. Oh, just, yeah. Just Hands because... Down. Yeah, there, the, Becky and her voice and some recognition of vehicles that didn't happen. And it just seemed like the plot was just here, there, and everywhere. I just didn't care for the episode. Um, I liked the other two episodes better. My favorite episode was uh, Cold Fever. I just liked the whole idea of having making people sick and then having a ransom for the cure and whatnot. But I think the overall thoughts for me for today's group of episodes, kind of what I just mentioned in episode 22 discussion is uh, the recognition is just getting on my nerves. And these three episodes really highlighted that whether it was not being able to recognize vehicles or being able to recognize vehicles, whether it was, um, you know, miles, not recognizing Scott and T-Bob, it's just being a consistent inconsistency as weird as that sounds um so that's kind of my overall thoughts on the episodes do you have any overall thoughts before we go into the ratings um you know i i actually since we talked it out i actually changed my rating for um cold fever Mm -hmm. while we were talking it out because it is probably the best plot out of the three episodes today Mm -hmm. um I do like uh, Secret of Life, even though the the end result was kind of yeah. To me, the ending ruined it a little bit. It's kind of like it's too mushy. Well, so, honestly, the the endings of all of the episodes today really weren't that good. Like, I don't like the idea of of you know T Bob um, being the hero in the end of episode twenty or being portrayed as the hero. Um, I don't know. Each each episode today had kind of an ending that took away from it. Besides, actually, the, even though twenty one was the worst ep- episode, yeah. Um, I don't know. It kind of had the best ending out of all of them. 
<laughs> so, it was still a bad overall episode, though. Yeah, as far as ratings go, um, what did you score the Cold Fever? Four out of five. I, I really enjoy... What I find going back and watching this batch of episodes is that I just, like... I've, I made my notes, but what I find myself doing is... Uh, a lot of the episodes lately is I just find myself sitting there and enjoying them. It's like I don't take many notes, but... Um, there weren't anything like it wasn't like ap- last episode when Scott was being a dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, I mean there there wasn't a moment like that that just jumped out at me that made me so pissed off that I was watching this batch of episodes. No, um, I I agree. I think it was the best episode of the day. I gave it a three point five, three and a half. Um, I just yeah. couldn't quite go with four just because of the ending. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. How about um, Mardi Gras mystery? One, and I gave it a two. Um, I only gave it a two because it, it, there was parts that were cool, uh, and it didn't. It, it had the potential. It was just badly executed to me. Yeah, there was just certain things that I that just prevented me from scoring it any higher than a two. Yeah. Um, so you gave that one a one, which then leaves us with the secret of life. I gave it another four, uh, four to five. Um, uh, again, I uh, you know. Besides the little nitpicks, I really enjoyed it. I liked the the different kind of setting on it. I liked the different kind of animations on it. I loved the whole scene with uh, Rhino nearly running them off the road. I thought that was really friggin' cool. Uh, so yeah, four to five for Soil. I gave this one uh, actually a two and a half. Um, I think it was better than the Mardi Gras mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, just slightly, but what what made it so that I couldn't rank it as high as I did with uh, Cold Fever was number one, the ending with the Secret of Life being love was freaking retarded. Yeah. Um, that part was retarded. The whole not being able to recognize T Bob and Scott when you just ran into them. Um, you know, I, I usually like the whole Egyptian setting and that type of stuff well, and I like the tunnels and the pyramids and all that other stuff, but. To me, really, the ending is what made me lower it down to two and a half. <laughs> so those are our ratings for this week's episode. And don't worry, we will, somebody brought this up, we will be doing some stuff with our all of our ratings um, in the end of our whole podcast. So oh, yes. you can stay tuned for that. Uh, any overall final thoughts before we go into the outro? Um, I will say that I've already watched next week's episodes, and one of next week's episodes is by far the best episode of the entire series when it comes to a Venom plot, because the plot actually makes sense for them to be doing what they're doing. Interesting. Stuff so, to look forward to. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what which one that is for next week. And see if I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for being a part of Mass Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. First, visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com. Like we say every week, there's lots of comments being made on Mass Mayhem on all our posts. Um, most recently, our episode eight post, we have um, about five, six, seven comments so far on that discussing different things. We even have some of our fans and members giving their own mask ratings over um, each episode. So if you want to get involved and do some of the same stuff we do as far as ranking the episodes and stuff like that, go over to geekcastradio.com, find the episode post and, and join in on the conversation. Yeah. So that's something you should do. You can also send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can leave the show feedback in iTunes, which a few of you recently have done. Yes. On May 31st, 2012, Tune Master Tim, who is actually Tim Silvers, we've worked with him several times, uh, says, Mask is more enjoyable with the GCRN crew. Let's be honest, Mask is not one of the 80s best animated shows. There were many toy etic shows created for the purpose of selling merchandise, but they were well-produced and became something more. G.I. Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, etc. But Mask lacks a lot of the creative care behind those other cartoons, and it comes off as, uh, as, as a spectacle for showcasing the vehicles, which are very cool toys. So watching the show grows tiring as an adult, but the hosts of the podcast from the GCRN do a great job. We have the wonderful team of TFG and Mike and Kevin Optimus Solo as hosts. They host a GCRN podcast, TuneCast, and they play very well off of each other. 
uh, providing opinions and insights that take an in-depth look at the plot's characters, special moments throughout for each episode. The highlights are cleverly called high beams, while the lowlights are called low beams. But the show comes down to two guys just sitting around discussing shows, a style that the GCRN does so well. As a listener, I feel engaged in the discussion. I want to be involved, wishing I could talk to them in real time as I listen. So and thank four you for stars. That. Yeah, uh, yeah, four stars. What's up with that, Tim? Why not five? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the comments, Tim. Yeah, that's so awesome. And we have a second one. Uh, something very surprising, actually, because this is a. Before I get into this one, I used to try to promote the the network on a certain website. Basically, one of their asshat of an admin said, oh, no, you can't post about your own podcast. But um, not to take away from this awesome review, uh, this is left by Scott Kruger on June 1st, 2012. Five stars. Everyone all at once. Energize. (laughs) (laughs) Cleverest title ever for a review. Uh, Being an old school mask fan from way back in the day, I am thoroughly enjoying these podcasts. I actually wish I had found this podcast a few months ago when I watched the series so I could have watched it along with you. But I do have to say, you guys are pretty accurate with your assessments of the episodes. The show did not hold up well at all. Scott Tracker and T-Bob are awful. Matt Tracker is probably the worst father in the history of animation. And a good <laughs> and a good plot is few and far between. In fact, I can only think of a couple episodes that I really thought were worthy of five masks. Are you guys are you guys hypercritical of a children's cartoon from the mid '80s? Absolutely, but it's hilarious when you go off on expletive-laden rants. My only low beam is that you guys are making me nuts when you confuse characters, mask powers, and vehicle powers. As, whoa, the only real nitpick. Now, the guy who claims your podcast is ruining his toy nostalgia. Really? Someone's opinion of a relatively crappy cartoon is going to ruin your toys. I own every mask toy, and I've seen every episode. I still love the toys, and that's saying something. They were inventive combination of G.I. Joe and Transformers with a superhero flair. All in all, a great podcast, and I can't wait for more. Scott, a.k.a. Lantern Lad, from His Tank and just about every other 80s forum. So thank you for the review, Scott, and the five stars there. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's my bad on the whole uh, not knowing it's all the names. too. Of the vehicles and, and stuff. I know the names of the characters. I don't know the names of all the mass powers of the vehicles. And most of it, like I said before, is because I never owned any of the toys. So I don't have that connection to the mask vehicles. I'm, I'm learning I'm them as we go. I'm actually actively trying to forget them so listeners will still point it out. <laughs> I'm trying to learn them. I just don't pay attention to the names of the vehicles as we go through. And they don't necessarily use them a lot. They use them a yeah. little bit. But excellent two, uh, two iTunes reviews today. So if you want to get in on that, um, please go to iTunes and leave us feedback. We'll read it on a future show. You can follow us on Twitter. The show name is Geekcast Radio. Yours is... TFG and Mike. And mine is Optimus Solo. You can become a fan of us on Facebook. Go to Geekcast Radio Network. Um, on Facebook, and Mike will keep you up to date on every different episode of every different podcast that we put out and all the news, so that's a good thing to do if you want to stay in touch with everything. You can call the voicemail line, tell us the show you're leaving the message for, and your name. The number is 502-526-5821, or as we've been telling you, you can go to the website, and there is a button on the side of the screen that says send voicemail. All you need is a USB or headset mic set up to your computer, and you can leave us a voicemail straight through your computer without using a phone or calling a number. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Mayhem, and don't forget to join us on our next crusade when we will be discussing episodes 23 and 24, which are Vanishing Point and Counterclockwise Caper. For now, I'm Optimus Solo with... TFG and Mike. And tune in next time when we take another look at what lies behind the masquerades. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Convert switch fight to jet mode. Surprise, Matt Tracker. It's mayhem. Battle station. Protect the decoder, Bruce. I'm going up. Stacks, ready to fire. Mask, switchblade, thunderhawk, and rhino. Fire! Each sold separately with action figure. Cover me, Matt. 10-4. Sato's getting away. But you're not mayhem. Mask, switchblade, thunderhawk, and rhino. Each sold separately. New from Kevin. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 